Hello everyone, I'm Andrew Reed, Juris Doctor, Small Business Development, IT and Marketing Guru from sunny Victoria, BC. Follow me for new podcasts on beginner investing in business as I survive, grow and prosper in a post-COVID Canada. Disclaimer, my podcast and YouTube content offer very generalized information that has been beneficial to me. Always do your homework and due diligence and make sure that any moves you make are in your own best interest. Nothing in my content is any kind of advice and continuing to listen constitutes acceptance of this disclaimer in its entirety. Hello everyone, I'm excited to get started on part one of a 10-part series, 100 Wealth Hacks that I personally use. Now, these wealth hacks, wealth hacks won't necessarily apply to you, right? So take which ones could be useful to you and you know consider them. And if they work for you, that's great. If not, well, you have 99 others you can listen to. Uh, hopefully you get some value out of that. So without further ado, let's get started. Number one, make sure all your purchases are rewarding. Preferably, you want to get cash or crypto and or crypto back when you make a purchase. Wealth Simple, one of my favorites, uh, offers 1% crypto back on purchases by Visa Enabled Debit. Uh, TD Bank and CIBC and many more have moderately generous reward programs for their credit cards. I personally often use my PC Optimum card for large purchases. And then I pay it back within the month, of course, to avoid the interest fees. And I use those reward points to buy groceries and health supplies. This is the best way to buy. Get paid for buying things. Number two, pay all your credit card balances off every month to avoid interest, uh, unless you have a better option available. Uh, so one better option I like for those times where I've accumulated debt and it happens to everybody is to refinance that debt at a low rate. So you can do that with a balance transfer offer where they're saying, you know, 0% in, until July, if you transfer this balance, great, take it get that out of that interest, right? And then make your payments over the minimum and in time to meet their deadline. Uh, you know, so if it's no interest until July, then make sure you're budgeting enough to pay until July. But not every possible penny. So if you have more money than that budget, you can use it to invest and get a higher return than that uh well, that 0% interest or even a low 4% interest or whatever it might be, right? So if you're investing and getting 8% returns or more, then you can split that money, pay off the pay off the debt within the time and also use some of that money to invest. So um, you hear from a lot of financial gurus out there that say, oh, just pay off that debt immediately, make it the highest priority. But that's not necessarily the smartest way to go about it. I have some um, previous podcasts on managing and getting rid of debt. 
So please check those out if you're in that situation and you need those kind of um, that kind of detailed explanation and, and tips that I've personally used. Um, so you can uh, divert money to investments that pay more than the interest rates than you're paying on the credit. Now, some might be wondering why even use credit? Okay, good question. So aside from typically greater rewards than you get from a debit card, um, you increase your power to do things like buying assets, real estate assets, for example. Um, and you're also getting an interest-free short-term loan if you pay it back that same month, right? So if you're paying it back on time within that month for those uh, 28 to 31 days, you're literally spending someone else's money. Well, your money is safely invested working to make you more money. Now, good tip there, though, just only buy things you would have bought anyways per your budget, budget, right? So don't spend more than you would with your debit card using your credit card just because it's available to spend. Number three, economic partner. So this is a person you partner with in a relationship where your combined income or other assets help reduce your expenses thereby increasing the investing dollars available in your budget. Um, be careful here for obvious reasons. Uh, partners that do not boost your economic prosperity are likely detracting from it. Uh, this may be the biggest personal mistake I've made of the first 39 years of my life, you know, here or there uh, for most of those times. So be careful, right? Make sure when you're choosing a partner, and you're, you're sharing um, economic status and that, um, that they're boosting, that you're boosting them, they're boosting you, um, that you're prospering together. It's so important and such a common mistake. Number four, where possible, walk or bicycle. Uh, this, you know, finding opportunities to do this instead of driving might allow you to reduce your car insurance cost and to receive low annual mileage discounts on your insurance. Um, two things that I am now getting, and I love these things. Um, I'm basically my car is classified as pleasure status because I'm, you know, I'm walking the mile to work. I'm even using an umbrella in the rain. I'm a very frugal person, as you may tell from the fact that I'm giving you 100 wealth hacks that I personally use. But that being said, it's not always possible, but do it where you can, right? If there's a grocery store within walking distance, then go there frequently with a reusable bag and, and get enough groceries that you can actually carry home. Even if you have to take three trips to the grocery store instead of one by car, um, you know, and even doing so is going to reduce the amount you spend on groceries, but that's a whole nother benefit. Otherwise, this is going to reduce your car maintenance, your car operation costs, you know, in other words, gas cost, and it's going to reduce your risk of injury or loss from accidents, right? The more you're out there in your car, um, the sooner and more likely it is that somebody's going to drive into you or, or something's going to happen where your car gets damaged. You have so much hassle and things to deal with. You can reduce this by reducing your driving. Um, and also walking or, or cycling to, to whatever place it might be is going to boost your health. And boosting your health is a huge cost saver in itself. 
Number five, drink water at restaurants and only drink water. Okay, I know that sounds excessively frugal, but hear me out here. Uh, you're splurging on a restaurant trip, and hey, maybe you deserve that restaurant trip. I'd reduce those too if I were you. But water is a good health choice. Uh, see tip number four. And it is a great money saver. You can cut your bill by at least $4 per person per restaurant trip, which can definitely add up to big numbers over time. Drink water at restaurants. Love it. Number six. This one's a harsh one, but get the least amount of pets you can get by with to sustain your mental health. So I originally had this one at getting no pets, right? But my friend pointed out that this can be a very important part of sustaining mental health, and I get that. So I've changed it to get the least amount of pets you can get by with, okay? Ideally, you wouldn't have any pets until you're independently wealthy. That's the point where your work is optional to cover your budget. I get that that's unrealistic, okay? Pets can motivate you to exercise. It can provide physical contact and love. These are priceless things. However, if you can get this from one cat, then do not get two cats. The same applies to dogs or fish or birds, right? If, if your pet seems bored and lonely, then optimize your time with it. Okay, if you have a dog, then, um, you know, when you get home, take your dog out to dog park so it's socializing, run with it, play with it, spend like that kind of time with it where when you get home, that dog just is going to sleep for until the next, you know, amazing trip that you take it on, right? Um, with cats, leave cat TV. They make these 12-hour cat TV channels that you can use for your cat, right? Um Try not to get a pet as a companion for your existing pet unless, you know, your vet recommends it or some other truly valid reason, right? Minimize your pets because you have vet bills, pet food, adoption fees, and missed opportunities. For example, I can't go to the networking event, friend. I have to walk Rover. Um, as a person who's owned many pets, I've been there, right? Everybody's been there. You, you miss opportunities from having that pet. Use that pet money you save to invest. And then you can push yourself to that independence that much quicker. And once you're independent, you can have multiple pets if that's what suits you, right? You may have to get a part-time job to pay for all the additional pet expenses. But if that's what works for you, at least you're ultimately independent in making that choice. Number seven. Call your cell phone provider, your cable internet provider, and tell them about the offer that you just received from a competitor and that you're considering it. And to be honest, actually consider it, right? Weigh the hassle in your mind of changing these providers versus uh, the savings you'll get, okay? And then when you talk to your existing provider, backed by the conviction and righteousness of a well-thought-out and honest truthfulness and well-researched um, analysis of the cost and benefits. Once you've talked to them, right, and try to hash out a deal, let them know that you're considering the competitor, honestly considering the competitor, and they will offer you something. More likely than not, they're going to come out with some kind of deal, right? And work with them on that. Listen to them, hear them out, and then 
let them know you were hoping for better, um, right? So they come out with a deal and you're, you're going to save on your existing service and you don't have to make any changes. This is wonderful. Then you tell them you're just hoping for a little bit better. Like what else, what else can you do? Cause I'm still not fully convinced because they usually have a little bit on reserve, something else they can give you another five, $10 off, maybe an extra service that you weren't getting before. Um, so with that little, uh, that little bit of wording, right, that you were hoping for a, a little bit better, just you can get every little piece of the save department pie. Save department being one of the names that they use for, for the type of specialists that talk to you when you say you're considering a competitor. So these monthly bill savings taste good indeed to go with the, um, the pie reference there. So be sure to deploy the strategy periodically so that you're always getting the best possible deal, right? So if they lock you in for a year because of this and but you're saving you know 50 percent that's wonderful but you need to call them back um after that year in the month that that year ends and just same exact spiel uh let them know that you've received an officer offer from a competitor even if you had to research and find that offer and that you're considering it number eight some grocery stores cycle their sales so that half of the common ingredients are on sale while the other aren't. And I know this being a former grocery store manager at a very big one. Um, the purpose is obvious to maximize margin by having you buy some of the things that you need at the full price, right? Something that's not on sale because if you need say pasta and sauce, then they're usually going to have one of those two on sale. So that you're, buying one of those at full price. So by planning ahead and doing a little bit of stockpiling of the common long lasting foods, you can make sure to only buy the items that are on sale each week, right? So this week, the sauce is on sale, get two of them, right? Next week, the pasta is on sale, then you get two of those and you're going to equal out to the amount that you wanted. And every last thing you bought was on sale. And this is going to add up to considerable savings. Number nine, diversify and increase your revenue streams. Now, I have entire podcasts on this subject, but it is worth mentioning as part of these 100 wealth hacks. Make extra money outside of what you're expecting in your budget and use that money to invest or to pay down high interest debt if need be. I get it, right? There's no judgment here. This can be, so this uh, increased revenue streams, these active streams like uh, podcasting, for example, is there something you're interested in there? Just talk about it. You can even record it with a friend. This stuff is easy to do. If, you, if you're interested in that kind of thing, listen to the end of the podcast. I'm actually sponsored by Spotify and I talk about it at the end of every podcast. So this is something you can do too. And you can get paid, you know, it's not a huge amount, but it's a little bit and every little bit counts, right? Uh, you can also answer questions on Quora or Quora.com, or you can write the questions. I do both, and I still get a, a very small passive income stream for both those. Um, you could have a YouTube channel. Um, I have one, but they're not paying me yet. Okay, fair enough. Those things take time to build. YouTube channels, you have to have lots of people watching. They take time to build. It's difficult. You have to put some effort into to that particular uh, active revenue stream. You can answer surveys, mystery shopping, you name it. There's so many possible active streams out there. Get a small part-time job. Um, 
are you decent at English? You could teach English as a second language and do a couple hours per week for that. Um, and yeah, just gives you a little bit of icing on top of your income. These are considered active streams. You can also boost passive streams like owning dividend paying stocks. I love all these. I love all the streams. I can't tell you how much. Um, so don't limit yourself. Most wealthy people have tons of revenue streams. It just makes sense. Number 10, where possible by used. So when you're independently wealthy, you can consider that fancy brand new dish that you've always been craving, you know, that luxury car, that brand new beautiful guitar, all these things you want, that handmade brand new rug, whatever you're into, right? But for now, and while you're building that wealth, for a tiny fraction of those brand new item costs, you can acquire functional kitchenware, household goods, appliances, even bedding, clothing, books, other entertainment, right? I personally feel that you can buy higher quality used stuff for less than lower quality new stuff if you shop carefully and wisely. Pro tip, always inspect used items very carefully for damage. Very, very carefully. Um, cosmetic damage may be irrelevant to purpose, right? So don't skip that high-end used luggage set, whatever it is, because it has a stain on the bottom. Who cares? Who's looking at the bottom of your luggage anyways, right? Fun fact, as soon as you bring home that new item that you purchased, that you know, beautiful rug, and you unpack it and you put it on the floor, it is now a used item. You now own a used item. So you just take in the value loss right there that you could have avoided. That's, that's food for thought. So concludes my podcast, 100 Wealth Hacks That I Personally Use, Part 1 of 10. Join me next time, probably in one week from now, uh, most likely Tuesday or Wednesday, most likely Wednesday, where I will go through the next 10 wealth hacks that I personally use. Do you have any Instagrams you would like to share with us before you go? Get the latest real-time updates from my Instagram at Canada Stock Market. At Canada Stock Market. Check out my entire catalog of podcasts completely free at anchor.fm slash Canada Stock Market anchor.fm slash Canada Stock Market.